You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, October 19th. My name, as always, is Javier Reyes, your host of this here Locked On Padres podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Also, if you would like to, you can message me on there, both of those accounts, as well as the Gmail, which is LockdownPodres at gmail.com, with any questions, comments, or good vibes, or whatever you might have for the show, and I'll do my best to answer them, and maybe even answer them here on the show. Today's podcast, guys, is going to be a very simple one. I just want to talk about this upcoming World Series matchup. Is it the most Padres thing ever? No, but you know what? It is a baseball thing. And it's the biggest baseball thing. We got our World Series. The stage is set. The showdown will begin on Tuesday. Just wanted to give my thoughts on that and how I feel, what it's going to feel like watching this series, I guess. Just what it's going to feel like watching this, knowing the Padres were eliminated like two weeks ago. And just uh, do I care, I guess. Do I care who wins or whatnot? All right, so let's get into first by starting off that the Saturday game uh, was what decided who came out of the American League. It was the Rays defeating the oh-so-villainous Astros, final score 4-2. to two. Charlie Morton was excellent. Who? And what's funny is Charlie Morton hadn't been uh, aces as much as he was last year, I feel like. This year he was very, very fine. You know, last year he finished with a 3.05 ERA, year before it was 3.13, and this year he finished with a 4.74 ERA. Um, so definitely a down year for him. But hey, when it, when it mattered, he came up big and stopped them. Nick Anderson, which is one of the crazier things, is that he'd been virtually untouchable basically all year, finishing with an ERA of 0.55. And he ends up going uh, two innings, giving up two runs on three hits with a walk. Uh, wow. Like that was that would probably be the most unexpected thing. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, no. Oh, dear Lord, no. Is this what's going to happen? Is this going to be one of those situations where where the Astros, it felt like an omen of bad things to come, that if they're gonna, if they're able to hit uh, Nick Anderson, then, you know, that means that they're going to win the series. But they didn't, and that's a credit to the Rays and the fact that Randy Rosarita is just the hero of the postseason. I mean, I know he's not going to win MVP votes because it's a regular season award, but all these things. He is the story of MLB postseason 2020, I would say. You know, the the runners-up would probably be, you could argue Tatis just because he did have that one amazing game that was so much fun to watch. I'd say Cody Bellinger is probably in that uh, realm too, and we'll talk about him in a little bit. You know, Marcelo Zuna's in there probably. But you know, no matter what happens, it's 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 Randy. It's absolutely Randy, this dude who's just crushing billion-dollar organizations. The previous route against the Yankees, and now against the Astros. Just shout out to him. This is as close we're getting to a quote-unquote random player who goes off in a shortened season. In this case, you know what I mean. And I know that in the playoffs, there's there's been random players that have gone off before. I think the most Famous one is probably David Freeze in the famous Cardinal series, right? But other than that, I think that, you know, one of the things we were looking forward to this season is just like random kind of MVPs, players who have great seasons and are MVP runners. But it turned out that for the most part, it was still uh, business as usual with guys like Betts and Freddie Freeman and et cetera in the National League, right? Um, but it was it's, it's still like such a fun thing to keep attention to. And then yesterday's game, 
the Dodgers and the Braves finished with a final score four to two. The Dodgers over the Braves. I cannot put any of my insight in this because get this, guys. And this is why the episode's coming late today. I was going to make t- today's episode nice and early, but we lost power. I just got power back. This is this is true stuff, right? So I couldn't actually upload this episode until later, until I finally got my power up, basically at like five o'clock. So. That's the kind of situation we were in right here. It was just, it was rough. So I was really sad about that. I couldn't watch the entire game. Um, from what I've seen, it was just, you know, Dodgers, that depth I feel like showed, you know, and Cody Bellinger hits the, what ends up being the game winning home run. And, you know, I was rooting obviously for the, for the Braves. And, you know, I, I think we should just get into this now. I was going to save us a little bit for the second half, but Atlanta, man, I feel for these guys. I mean, they just have all of these teams that seem to blow leads. 3-1 is apparently like not a lead in sports anymore, <laughs> whether it be the Falcons or not the Falcons, whether it be the, the, the Warriors, whether it be the Clippers this past uh, um, season. It's just no lead is safe, and that's especially the case for the Braves and just Atlanta fans. And I feel bad. I, I feel for the homies, and it's such a shame. I really thought that it looked like the series was probably wrapped up. I didn't think that... You know, after one game one, I was like, nah, I still think the Dodgers could come back. But when it was three, when I was like, I mean, come on, they're not, we, we're not going to have another Atlanta team blow it. Right. And I remember one, one comment I said where it was like, if the Astros made the world series, I kind of want the Dodgers to make it because I, I don't, I, the, Dod- the Astros are the number one. We don't want them to win. Right. And then the Dodgers, at least I would have more confidence in them getting the job done instead of the Atlanta team. The Atlanta team finds ways to lose. It's kind of similar to. You know, the Falcons and the the Braves, it's similar to a fandom I've had for a while, which is the San Diego Chargers. They're another team that finds a way to lose. They've never had, like, a catastrophic fall-from-behind win, but they have these games where they just... Every season, they just don't play to their talent level. It's one of those things. And this year is sort of the same, considering they've lost, like, what is it, like 12 straight games uh, by one score or whatever it is, something crazy like that. So, you know, I understand, I feel for you, Atlanta fans, at least somewhat. And in the respect of just the Padres only having been good, uh, as of recent, I understand how much of a struggle it must be to finally have this team be one game away from the World Series that you guys have desperately clamored for for years and then lose to the Dodger Dogs. It's it's very sad. And I, I feel for the homies. You know, I feel for them. And, you know, in terms of the Astros, good riddance, I guess. Now, I was talking about, my take was, I have to admit, it might have been good for baseball a little bit, just in terms of the drama department. If they did make the World Series, I have to admit, a lot of people would be freaking out. But... At least, if my drama theory is right, at least we got a little bit of it because they did claw back and make things really scary for a little bit, especially against the Rays, who are one of those teams. I don't think anybody has a problem with the Rays. You know, I feel like there's more hatred for the the, the Dodgers for sure, especially uh, amongst uh, Fire Faithful and NL West uh, opponents like ourselves. But I think that for the most part, the Rays are just one of those teams that they just do it right. They just build their team right. And I'm not going to explain too much about the Rays because, uh, you know, I'm going to get into what exactly you guys are going to have to look forward to at the end of the pod. But, you know, they, they, they won. And I think that it was – there was a point where, you know, I do give Correa credit for being – and don't worry, don't worry, on behalf of the Puerto Rican uh, alliance, we do not currently claim back Carlos Correa because you are part of the cheating Astros. But I really think that – um, he owned it. He really did kind of own up to the whole the, the the villain attitude out of all of them. You know what I mean? So, not rest in peace, Astros, but good riddance. 
we're finally done with those jerks. You know, we don't have to fear that in a shortened season that they're going to come in and win the World Series again after cheating. So that was a really good development. Sad about the Dodgers winning, but very pleased and excited about the Rays. And before we talk about kind of my thoughts on who's going to win this series, what this World Series matchup is going to be like, what I'm looking forward to. First, I got to talk to you guys about something that I also look forward to all the time, and that is Built Bars. Let me tell you. Let me let me, let me tell you. All right. The improved Built Bars, they're even more delicious, sir, because I've talked about, you know, the, the flavors they've got. They've got coconut almond, raspberry, a little German chocolate, maybe banana bread. Sounds good, right? Mint brownie. Maybe you're not one of those people like mint. Well, guess what? I wasn't either, and I love the mint brownie flavor, right? They've got all these flavors, toffee almond, coconut, peanut butter brownie. But guess what, guys? They've added six new flavors. That's right. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and even apple Almond crisp, guys. How good does that sound? These bars are covered in 100% chocolate and soft and easy to chew. And best of all, probably above all else, that's right, there's even more things. They are healthy for you. They're great for the keto diet with high fiber, high protein, low sugar, and low calories. So, if you think all that sounds pretty good, well, get this. This is going to knock your socks off, right? We've got a deal. We've got a discount for you guys. If you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. That is no joke, guys. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And now, guys, let's let's talk about this World Series matchup. Rays-Dodgers. It's funny how, you know, and I, I, I got to take my comeuppance to a degree where we're all talking about that gauntlet of the first round, right? We're talking about the, this, the anybody can win, and who knows, the, the Dodgers could lose first round, whatever, right? The Padres, you know, they almost lose first round. The, the White Sox, maybe they, they go far because they can upset somebody, right? And it turns out we just got the two one seeds in the World Series, so it's, it's so funny how much it's... I think this happens at sports every now and then where we all start overthinking things. We start overanalyzing things and start being like, no, actually, these are two probably clearly the best teams. I'd say in the NL, yeah, the Braves were definitely close. I think that their offense was uh, a little bit better, I think, than the... The Dodgers, the Dodgers definitely, I think, had had more depth, but their best players were better uh, collectively. I think that if you look at, like, in terms of being top-heavy, I think the Braves had that advantage. Don't get me wrong, the Dodgers do have the best overall player with Betts, who made some incredible defensive plays uh, in this um, NLCS. But I think that the Braves, they've got, you know, Acuna, they've got Marcelo Zuna, they've got Freddie Freeman, all those guys. I just felt like they were a little bit deep in that respective, especially since it was a little bit of a down year for Muncie and, and Cody Bellinger especially, right? But of course, it didn't matter because their depth is enormous. It's always another guy. And in that respect, the Rays are similar. The Rays, who I think the only other team that maybe might have been comparable to them, at least I think just because those guys were playing real well, maybe the Yankees, you could argue that Minnesota was very good, but nobody trusts Minnesota, so I don't want to throw them in there along with the Rays. They've lost, I think, what is it, like 18 straight playoff games? So the Twins, I think it's just becoming a thing where we're all wondering, when are you guys just going to break this, this curse already? And I think the Athletics were at one point, but they secretly just weren't as dynamic and incredibly deep as before. And also, that team is still lacking that surefire starting pitcher ace. You know what I mean? They have they have good pitchers, but they don't have that one guy that you throw out there that's kind of a name brand that's just going to go out there and get you the win. And that was definitely what I feel like kind of sunk the A's, especially against the Astros. Um, but the Rays are similar to the Dodgers in respect that it's another team that's very deep, another team that's very next man up, great bullpen, great starting pitching, and 
none of unlike unlike the Dodgers though is they don't have any of these like recognizable players for the most part. Yes, everybody's becoming more uh, familiar with with Randy Rosarina, but for the most part, I mean Austin Meadows. Yeah, he was good last year, but this year not as much. For the Majiman Choi, like all these names, these these guys that they pluck, they show. I think the Tampa Bay Rays, that baseball can absolutely, it's, they're kind of the Moneyball Rays. Instead of the Moneyball A's, we got the Moneyball Rays now. Eh, has anyone come up with that yet? I don't know. I assume someone has. There's no way that I'm the only person to say that. But that's what's so interesting about this matchup is it is the definition of, of two deep teams, but one who's, you know, just in terms of money and financial resources, they have all the an immeasurable amount of resources, right? And that's the Dodgers. And then the Rays, not so much. The Rays have people have trouble getting people to come to their ballpark, as basically all Florida teams do. But in this case, it's definitely one of the extremes, right? But regardless, the Rays have successfully managed to overcome that. It does not matter. They are in the World Series. That's all that really matters, guys. And I guess I should just jump right into my prediction, I guess you could say. My prediction for the World Series. I think this is Dodgers in six. Look, I'm not... I just don't... I just think the depth on the Dodgers is too good. I also think... I mean, they got to win at some point, right? Right? Like, I think... Now, I will say one thing, though, before we get into a little bit more, is that there was this tweet going around baseball Twitter the other day that was freaking everybody out from a at Robin underscore Alode. He said, Tampa Bay Rays win the 2020 World Series over the LA Dodgers four games to two. Hashtag predictions baseball future. And that was uh, back in November of uh, 2016, which is very weird. <laughs> like, what else can this guy predict? I don't know. I mean, if you look back four years ago, I think the Dodgers part of that isn't that crazy of a prediction because the Dodgers were expected to be good for a long time. They've been good for a really long time. The Rays, maybe, because the Rays have been a little bit kind of meh for a little bit here following that. Like, they basically were just one of those teams where they've got, like, you know, they just did the Chris Archer trade, I'm pretty sure, around that time, or maybe... It was they, they just didn't really have much, so I guess that one's a little bit bold for sure, especially because it's not like we thought that the Rays were going to go out and just get some massive free agent, you know, like every other team in baseball usually can or does. Uh, so in that case, hey, if if this Ramon alone guy is right, guys, that apparently it's the opposite of my prediction, which is Rays at six. I just think that at some point, I don't understand how it's possible that the Dodgers can keep losing with this much talent. Granted, you know, it's not inconceivable throughout all of sports. This does happen where teams just miss their moment. But, you know, last year, if you think about it, the Washington Nationals for years were getting a lot of coverage, a lot of media coverage, a lot of media speculation and hype with having, you know, one of the great talents in all of baseball. You know, they've got the Strasburg and Scherzer and Jordan Zimmerman back when he was good and Desmond and Bryce Harper and Ryan Zimmerman and Jason Wirth. Remember those uh, national teams, the ones where the, the, I think it was, I think Bryce Harper made some comment that was like, just give us the ring already or something like that, which naturally people just completely clown on him for uh, after that because they weren't, they were the exact opposite, uh, especially one year, his MVP season, which this isn't a fault of his, but the rest of the team just basically created with the exception of Scherzer. And I think Strasburg was just in and out that one year when Harper won the MVP, but for the most, and then they end up winning last year. They finally put it together with not their least talented team. But I definitely think, comparatively speaking to some of the other ones that they've had, 
it definitely wasn't their best one. I don't, at least I don't think so. I guess, yeah, comparatively speaking, it was probably their least talented team. Although Juan Soto was probably like the new hero of theirs. And then you have the whole Howie Kendrick just explosion, right? But I think that this is really the Dodgers series. It's time for them to get right. I would be worried about Kershaw just in the sense that he didn't look great against the Braves. Or not didn't look great, but he didn't do great against the Braves. I actually thought that he still looked okay. Uh, Walker Buehler seems to be ascending uh, back to normal. But this is just a team that can throw anything at you. They got Dustin May. They got Tony Gonsolin if they need him. They've got a great bullpen. And yeah, Kenley Jansen isn't untouchable anymore, but he's still good. And they still have Mookie making uh, plays out there. I said the advantage in terms of offense would probably be in the hands of the Dodgers. And in terms of the advantage in pitching, I'd say relief pitching would be on Tampa aside um but I'm not sure if starting pitching they have enough in an advantage since I don't really know exactly what they're going to get out of Charlie Morton again with whether or not that was just one final good start for him against the Astros and then in terms of defense I think the Rays is definitely a better defense overall but I wouldn't sleep on the Dodgers you know what I'm saying so there's it's these teams are very good uh in, in both respects but I think the most important thing is this we got to root like crazy for the Rays man I mean this is as it's not the biggest underdog thing traditionally because it is the two one seeds, but in terms of just means, in terms of just financial means, right? You got to root for the Rays here, man. And especially because we're Padres fans, you can't root for the Dodgers. I mean, come on. The only scenario that I would have been rooting for the Dodgers is if they were going up against the Astros, you know? And maybe the Red Sox because you know me, guys. I'm a big old Boston hater. But besides that, guys, that's really all my thoughts on the matter. Um, they haven't, and what's so interesting about the World Series is unlike, you know, previous matchups, you know, you can't really garner like how players have performed against each other because they're in opposite leagues. So you can't just pull out any numbers for the most part to say how they're going to do against this. I'm sure there's some advanced stats like curveballs and, oh, what are they doing on this percentage? What's the exit below? Well, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to. And honestly, I'm just here to enjoy. I'm just here to have fun. I do think overall it is a pretty solid World Series uh, for baseball. I think that it's the two best teams from that perspective that is super fun and we get a bunch of stars from the Dodgers side of things and we get to see stars that are coming into fruition people who are becoming stars in the Tampa Bay Rays but with all that being said guys yes that is my final prediction Dodgers in six for the World Series know all the Padres fans wouldn't want to hear that but with that all being said that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast guys the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever you'll find it. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. Um, Also, stay tuned. This week, I recorded a mega season recap with a very uh, special guest, Mr. Daniel Epstein. That should be out this week. It's going to be a huge four-parter. That's right, guys. I don't know exactly uh, if it's going to be consecutively that we're going to do that. I might do like a recap of game one tomorrow instead. Uh, or maybe not tomorrow, but Wednesday would be. But So tomorrow, first episode. There we go. I can't organize very well, as you guys can see. But uh, until next time, guys, stay safe. And, of course, stay faithful. My Friar Faithful homies, take care. Take care.